Hello, and welcome to Spook and Lore, a Wayward Spirit Media podcast. My name is Liz Ashley, and every week we will cover a new spooky story filled with ghosts and lore. This week, we are talking about the legendary Bell Witch. The Bell Witch is infamous in Tennessee, and this is another story that really intrigues me because I actually went to college in Nashville. So I've heard a lot about this story, and I am so excited to dive into all of the spooky details. All of this information is from the Bell Witch website, which is written by Paul Pitsu, and I will be putting the link in the show notes. The legend of the Bell Witch comes from the John Bell family of Red River, Tennessee, which is now Adams, Tennessee. The haunting they endured happened between 1817 and 1821. And yet no one has been able to solve the mysterious happenings that went on back then. The Bells had a very happy and successful life when they first moved to Red River Settlement. One day back in 1817, John Bell was looking over his cornfield when he saw a strange looking animal sitting in the middle of the corn. He was shocked by the appearance of the animal because it had a body of a dog, yet the head of a rabbit. So Bell shot it several times and the animal vanished. This was the first documented sighting of this entity. Bell thought nothing more of it at the time, though at least not until after they ate dinner. That evening, his family heard beating sounds on the outside of their house. This mysterious sound continued, and it started getting louder and faster every single night. Belle and his sons often went outside to try to see if they could catch the person who who was doing this, but they never found anyone. As time went on, the Bell children began waking up frightened and complaining that rats were gnawing at their bedposts. And not long after that, the children began complaining of having their bed covers pulled out from under them and having their pillows tossed on the floor by some seemingly invisible entity. As more time passes, the Bells begin hearing soft whispering voices which were too soft to understand, but sounded like an old woman singing hymns. And the encounters just kept coming. And the Bell's youngest daughter, Betsy Bell, began experiencing brutal encounters with this invisible entity. It would pull her hair and slap her face, and it ended up leaving welts and handprints all over her face. It was getting so bad that Bell felt the need to tell his friend James Johnson what was going on. So James was skeptical at first, but when him and his wife spent the night at the Bell home, they were subjected to the same creepy disturbances that the Bells had been experiencing for so long. Their bed covers were pulled off, and when James was slapped, he sprang out of bed screaming, In the name of the Lord, who are you and what do you want? 
but the entity did not respond and the rest of the night was peaceful. So, Mr. Johnson thought that the culprit was likely an evil spirit, the kind that the Bible talks about. And the entity's voice ended up strengthening over time and actually became unmistakable. The entity sang hymns, quoted scripture, carried on intelligent conversation, and once even quoted word for word two sermons that were preached at the same time on the same day, 13 miles apart. Word of this supernatural phenomenon soon spread outside. And then Major General Andrew Jackson became interested in this entity, the Bell Witch. John Bell Jr., along with his brothers, Drury Bell and Jess Bell, fought under General Jackson in the Battle of New Orleans. So a few years later, when Jackson heard about the disturbances at the Bell home, he decided he should pay a visit and investigate. As Jackson approached the Bell home, his wagon jolted to a sudden stop. They had become stuck in a muddy creek bed and the horses were unable to pull it. At least, that's what the men thought. After several minutes of trying to get the horses to pull the wagon, Jackson proclaimed, By the internal boys, that must be the Bell Witch. Then suddenly, a female voice told Jackson that they could proceed and that she would see them again later that evening. Then they were able to proceed. One of the men with Jackson claimed to be a witch tamer. And after several uneventful hours, he pulled out a shiny pistol and said that its silver bullet would kill any evil spirit that it came in contact with. Then suddenly, the man screamed and began jerking his body in different directions, complaining that he was being stuck with pins and beaten severely. After a strong kick from an invisible foot, he flew out the front door. The Bell Witch was angry and announced that there was another fraud in Jackson's troop and that she was going to identify him next. Now they are obviously terrified and Jackson's men begged them to leave the Bell Farm. But Jackson insisted on staying. He wanted to know who the other fraud was. The men eventually went outside and went to sleep in their tents. And what happened next is actually unclear. But Jackson and his entourage were spotted in nearby Springfield early the next morning, going back to Nashville. Some say that Jackson later announced that he would rather fight the British at the New Orleans then fight the Bell Witch. The disturbances decreased as time went on, but the entity continued to express disdain for John Bell, relentlessly vowing to kill him. And Bell had been experiencing episodes of twitching in his face and difficulty swallowing for almost a year. And by the fall of 1820, his declining health had led him to be confined to his own house the bell witch would repeatedly remove his shoes when he tried to walk 
and slapped his face when he recovered from seizures. Hill passed away on the morning of December 20th, 1820, after slipping into a coma the day before. Immediately after his death, his family found a vial of strange black liquid in the cupboard. John Jr. sprinkled two drops on the cat's tongue, and the cat died shortly after. And that's when the Bell Witch announced that she gave old Jack Bell a big dose of that last night, which fixed him. John Jr. tossed the mysterious vial into the fireplace, and it burst into a blue, bright flame and shot up the chimney. The Bell Witch was basically non-existent after John Bell's passing, as though she had fulfilled her purpose. But then after some time, Betsy Bell became interested in Joshua Gardner. And with the blessing of her parents, they decided to get married. But the Bell Witch didn't like that very much. So she repeatedly ordered Betsy not to marry Joshua. Betsy and Joshua could not go anywhere without the Bell Witch haunting them. The constant pressure was more than they could take. So they ended up splitting up. In 1821, shortly after Betsy and Joshua broke off their engagement, the Bell Witch visited Lucy Bell, the widow of John Bell, and told her that she was leaving, but would return in seven years. Sure enough, the Bell Witch returned in 1828, and most of their turn she spoke with John Bell Jr., and they discussed the origins of life, civilizations, and the need for a major spiritual reawakening. Then the entity said goodbye after three weeks and was never seen again. Thank you so much for listening to Spook and Lore. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at Spook and Lore so you don't miss the next episode or subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. And I have linked all of these socials, merch, and resources for this episode in the show notes below. Bye.